Hide your kids, hide your wives. Podcast week. It's a Too Much Dip podcast. We're out here podcasting. I'm Dave. I'm going to host. Joining me in studio, per usual, as per usual, as some say, it's Dylan Chavere. Podcast week snuck up on me this year. Was not prepared. Actually, I didn't know it was podcast week until you just said so, but um, I'm happy to be here and to celebrate the week of podcasting. Yeah, that's essentially a week where we podcast. Nothing else uh, really changes. Nothing really changes, but we just have a little label we slap on it. It's kind of fun. Joining us for this very exclusive week of podcast week content from Wisconsin, it's KJ. Hi, KJ. Happy to be here, fellas. Um... I'd like to go ahead and get rumors out of the way. Um, as it is the time of year when trips are booked, plans are made, guys' trips occur. Some may remember from about a year ago, um, Dave and I went to Montana. Ugh. There were rumors that, uh, you know, sleep cycles were interrupted by noises, uh, by sounds, by snoring, things of that nature. Uh, after a short seven and a half month wait period per from my original booking of the appointment, <laughs> uh, help is on the way. We'll say that doubt that it'll be here by the time of this year's trip, but, uh, it's been a long time just edging, just waiting. Pretend for that you're, to happen. pretend you're new here and you don't know at all what you're talking about. Why don't you explain? Um, there are a couple of things that Reggie White, the late great Reggie White and I have in common. Uh, both reside or resided, uh, as he is now uh, no longer with us in the great state of Wisconsin. Uh, both have in the past played football uh, and both are victims of uh, the not so silent killer out there, sleep apnea. Mm. I'm not afraid to, or ashamed or embarrassed to uh, say it. Uh, it's a result of many things could be hereditary. could be just having a thicker neck likely due to, uh, years of sports and just being, uh, Mr. Thick over here. But, uh, you know, it makes for a very uncomfortable night's sleep when you've, uh, had a few brews. I don't have it so bad that it's every single night or, uh, you know, just every day of my life. But for things like guy strips where, uh, you got a couple in the system, you're starting a lawnmower every night and nobody yeah, wants that. It, I shared a bed with KJ on this trip and uh, for one night and I, I, I was worried about you cause it, it is significant, <laughs> but I will say uh, I have, a, you're not the only friend of mine who has this issue. I would say half of my friends have this problem and probably a quarter of them have been to like sleep centers to get fitted or checked out for masks or whatever the treatment is these days. I don't know, but I'm glad you're getting this addressed because it's, I know it's not good for your sleep quality. It's certainly not good for your, not. Part, your partner or your podcast partner's sleep quality. <laughs> should he be in the bed with you? <laughs> it really, really uh, goes to state just how much of an American hero you are for surviving Vegas. That's, you know, without naming anyone else, that's really the accomplishment looking back at it. Well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> also, also it was sneaky coming off the flu on that uh, Dylan's Bachelor Party Vegas trip. Didn't know it at the time, but uh, mm. wasn't doing great. I remember you, you almost had to miss the Bachelor Party because you were so sick. Remember? Yeah. Tough run, man. It was tough. You, you pulled it out, and I appreciate you for that. Oh, oh, he did. Did I pull it out on the trip? Well... Probably on the golf course. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's not, I will say, uh, we're referring to Paiute, Paiute uh, golf course outside of Vegas. Highly recommend. Not a good, well, let me let me put this differently. There's not a lot of tree cover. In not fact, a, there's really none. Not a good PP course. So if you're going to, if you're going to pull that thing out and PP, someone's probably going to see it, whether it's a employee of the golf course or like somebody over two holes over whatever. The discussion of, Seeing pieces out on the golf course is now carried over from circling back to too much dip. <laughs> That's just kind of what you're going to get with podcast week, man. There's a lot of overlap when it comes to this specific week of podcasting. It's really the juxtaposition of pieces and podcasts mm. is what podcast week's all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for knowing that. <laughs> hey, follow us on social media, too much dip podcast on Instagram and Twitter. 
Got good stuff going there. And if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do it. Um, we post the the videos on there of the podcast. I think this is more of a visual podcast personally, but however you want to consume it, we just appreciate uh, your patronage. We do. Did y'all see where people are mad at Baby Gronk's dad? Yeah. Did you know you when you woke uh, up this not. morning that we would talk Baby Gronk? Uh, I had a had an inkling that that might happen. Yeah, and like, yes, obviously, like we're a little late on um, Baby Gronk getting rizzed up by Livy. Obviously, we're not here to talk about that. We're we're on our next shit, and this is the backlash against Baby Gronk Senior. What does it mean for us that Baby Gronk's dad, um, Big Baby Gronk? What does he go by? <laughs> what does it mean that I he like that. hasn't reached out to us to get baby Gronk on the pod? Um, I, does that mean we're we're small baller in the sports media industry? We should reach out to him. Um, yes, it does. That's okay. Um, granted, we don't have a lot of um, sex appeal on this pod. No offense to you guys, but we're not. That's not what we're known for. I mean, it's part of it, but people are here mainly for the takes, not. You know, our sex appeal, just our overall sexiness, things like that. Um, but he is sliding into DMs, as you kind of alluded to. Um, athletes, Paige Spiranak, um, some other sports media, various members young of ladies. Sports media. Taylor Lewan, ta- yeah. uh, tackle from the Titans. Yeah. Who I think wronged Baby, da- baby Gronk's dad. I'll, I'll put that out How there. so? Uh, he posted a screenshot of the DM. And maybe Paige Spiernak did it as well, but the DM was pretty basic. It basically it said, "Are you ever in Dallas?" Back in November, and then in March we got a collab. Those were the two messages. Yeah, that I seems don't think to be the either of it. those are like particularly slimy. He wasn't offering up like, "Hey, for this fee." Or anything overly desperate. I think that's pretty low level. That's the one he sent to And Paige. this is to Taylor Lewan, to a tackle. Now, th- he sent that one to, um, I believe he sent that one to Paige. He did send that to oh, Paige. Oh, that was to Paige? I'm sorry. Yeah. I've got I've got the article up, but it, the, the caption must have it wrong. I believe the one he sent to Taylor Lewan was like, hey, man, we don't need Will. Will Compton is his co-host. Uh, if you just want to do a one-on-one interview with me or with Baby Gronk, let's do it or something like that. Yeah, I... The way the media kind of um, me sports media here I go putting on my uh, my critic hat. Um, the way they kind of position this when I was doing a little uh, little research for the show, I thought, oh no, this dude's getting exposed for being a creep in the DMs, and he's he's really not. I mean, he is being shameless. He is. I mean, you can criticize him a lot for um, <laughs> the entire baby Gronk thing, but as far as like DMing people go, it's pretty. What he's saying, like, yeah, it's not crazy that he would want to collaborate with a, a Paige Spiranak uh, or other big personalities. Like, he's done it with Livy. She rizzed him up. You got to keep going. <laughs> did she rizz him up or did he rizz her up? That's a great question. Um, I may have had it backward last week when I dropped it on the uh, Circling Back podcast, but that's okay. Yeah. Somebody got rizzed up and that's all that matters. That's true. He did commit to LSU. I heard that uh, the uh, the Drip King took a big L. Yeah, it's too bad. I haven't heard from the Drip King. He's been kind of off the grid. It's probably a lot, you know, when you uh, when you're a highly successful lacrosse player and you lose your uh, online social media girlfriend to um, a child, a child, right? A child whose name is Baby, <laughs> first name Baby, last name Gronk. Then that's a tough thing, pal. Sure is. This story has gone on way long. It's gotten way more action than I thought it would. I thought it would be done last week, and and here we are breathing life into it. But I just wanted to say, people are mad at Baby Gronk's dad, and I also learned Baby Gronk and his dad, they're DFW people. They're yeah. Dallas-Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. I talked uh, recently about getting Michael Block fatigue. I've, I have Baby Gronk fatigue now. It, it's uh, enough. I, I the the term Riz, I've heard it. I've heard it enough. Who's the new baby block? I I don't I don't need to hear Rizzed <laughs> up anymore. I'm just kind of over it. But put it on the Riz. Baby Gronk's dad is is gonna make sure that Baby Gronk does doesn't go away. I know that. Anyway, um, we, don't, we don't have to spend. I think I knew he was from on. Dallas. I will add that uh, at some point in time there was a. Pro Am event held at like the Las Colinas Golf Club, where the Four Seasons in Dallas is located. They 
Occasionally have like LP, LPGA events there now, previously the Byron Nelson. Back when it was still good. Amongst, back when it was still good, exactly. Amongst Tony Romo, I think Alfonso Ribeiro and Ribeiro, I don't know, whatever, uh, Carlton from Fresh Prince. And uh, a couple other, I think Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, yeah. Baby Gronk was one of the notable uh, celebrities that you could be playing next to uh, at that tournament. So it's slimy, um, but hey, it's it seems to be working. So like yeah, I said, previously, chase that money on this podcast or another. Ever since Baby Gronk decommitted from Texas, he's just been dead to me. So I, I didn't really pay attention. <laughs> well, I didn't want to bring that up. Yeah, there's, it's there's the truth. I That's guess okay. I missed that note. Okay, I, I appreciate your honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, where do we begin? We got we've got a big show here. We got to talk live. We got to talk U.S. Open. Uh, we got to talk Canadian Open. Didn't think we'd be saying that, but here we are. I know KJ was dialed. KJ, oh, you're, you're basically in Canada right now. I suppose I am the closest to boots on the ground for the RBC Open. Uh, let's start with Michael Block. I know Dylan said he was blocked out, but uh, hell of a two days at the uh, Open for the guy. I don't think it was. I think he oh, struggled. Okay. Well, mightily. we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> Baby Block is just committed to playing. No, I'm just kidding. We should we Wait, should parody that. Did Block play at the Canadian Open? Yes, okay. <laughs> he did I, for I, two I, days. I, yes. I actually missed that. I think, okay, I think he shot an 80, and then he cleaned it up with like a 71 the second day. But that's the cut. He wouldn't have been surprised had he gone out there and shot like 58 or 59. He's done it before. <laughs> well, if he had a little bit more length, then he'd be. As be good oh, as, he's stupid. He'd be as good as anybody. Oh, dude, stupid. Can you imagine <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Uh, um, speaking of starting off uh, Thursday rough, uh, 74 on Thursday for one Nick Taylor, somebody who I was wholly unaware of. You weren't in you know, on Nick with. Taylor before yesterday? <laughs> I mean, I know Tommy Fleetwood, and I don't know why, because he hasn't won. I don't know what was it, uh, maybe... Ryder Cup. Well, no, there was something where he came in second, and maybe it's to Brooks. Uh, US Open, maybe 2017, 2018, or something like that. Uh, where he was in tough content or you know contention to win, and I think Brooks got the, the the dub, and maybe it was long hair for some reason. I was like, oh, Tommy Fleetwood, that's a name I'll uh, I'll remember, and he's kind of had that Ricky Fowler minus any of the cachet type career where he's never really winning, always up there. Uh, but I thought yesterday was going to be his day. It was not. Yeah, Tommy, I'm a I'm a noted Tommy Fleetwood guy. I hear he's a very nice guy. I know when he comes here to play the Dell match play. Damn, which isn't going to happen anymore. That fucking sucks. Well, when he would come here to Austin Country Club, um, I had firsthand accounts of how gracious he was to like people who went out there and walked, followed him around practice rounds and stuff. Seemed like a really good dude. And he's got the best flow on tour, hands down. And that is part of it. It is me kind of fetishizing his beautiful head of hair. As someone whose hair... Uh, it's not as beautiful, but it's beautiful in its own way. It's beautiful to me. Thank you. Hence me wearing a hat every time we do the show. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty upset yesterday. And all Tommy had to do, all Tommy Ladd had to do was birdie Tommy. 18, uh, which is a par five and very, very gettable. And uh, instead, he he didn't. He parred it. And we had a four-hole playoff. And Dylan, gonna oh, come full circle here. You uh you can kind of relate to sinking maybe not a seventy two foot putt. Mine was a little bit longer, but well, how seventy two is yours is like one hundred forty feet. Still really right? impressive. <laughs> yeah, um, I I know exactly what that feels like. Every, I mean, you got basically the same reaction. Everyone from the boys. watching you, and your putt has to go in, and you just absolutely fucking sink it. Seventy two feet. That's that's a hell of a way to finish a tournament. Yeah. Uh, I was pretty gutted for Tommy. Ladd. Can you think of uh, the numbers? I was going to say, can you think of the numbers uh, that the video that we put out after that would have done? I know we're a little bit blocky here, but I've I've got y'all clear. Um, that that video would have done if I would have form tackled Dylan's friend with the good hair the way that uh, <laughs> old buddy with the champagne got hit. <laughs> Just Come. suplexed him into the green. 
couple things here. Did you just work another <laughs> Michael Block reference into the show? I don't know if that was intentional or not. No, 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 not not intentional. Randy, get us the I'm, Adam I'm too Hadwin busy video. like men- mentally high stepping because uh, it was in fact the 18 U.S. Open where uh, Fleetwood came in second to Kepka. Everyone is very good, very good pull, KJ. Everyone's already seen this video a hundred times, but I, it's worth watching again. This is the best video I've seen. This is courtesy of uh, No Laying Up. I don't know where they got it, but Ooh, you see Adam Hadwin, a fellow Canadian, celebrating, and the security guard just hitting him with, you know what? The guy's doing his job. He didn't know. Yeah. He didn't know. I mean, if you don't know who the man is charging you or charging the the winning golfer, um, play it safe is probably what's going through his head. He didn't know that that was uh, another famous golfer himself who was playing in the tournament, right? Or so he's just there as a spectator. I assume he was playing. He yes. And all was, the all the Canadians Canadian, yeah. All the Canadians were ready for this to happen. You got you had Mike Weir down there. You had uh, Adam Hadwin, who yes, and as KJ mentioned, does also have great hair. To be fair, Adam Hadwin has a hoodie on. He doesn't look like he just played golf. That's so that there's honestly no badge is or worth anything. Knowing. Yeah. So uh, I, I get it. Um, you got to know who Adam Hadwin is if you're running security at a Canadian golf tournament. If but, I'm that security guard, though, I'm just kind of like, and they bring me in. They're like, hey, so what happened? You're like, oh, sorry, I didn't know who Adam Hadwin was. Just doing my job. <laughs> he's not He's not a known. <laughs> he's not. Golfer. If you're, and especially if you follow golf in, in Canada, you know Adam Hadwin. Adam Hadwin's a name. Yeah, I don't know he's how much. He's had some good years on tour. I don't know how much of security guards training is, you know, they're looking at, you know, uh, caddies, flashcards, flashcards of <laughs> no, that should be part of shots it. of players just so we can identify all of them. But a, a tough look for him. But again, the guy was just doing his job. I can't wait for Randy um, or Cool Adam to uh, cut the inevitable clip um, of that and juxtapose it with the celebration on the uh, 18th hole, the playoff hole at Dylan's bachelor party, in which he sunk the <laughs> aforementioned putt and. Uh, I think I hit a modified gritty. I think Dave, Flounder yeah. just came out of nowhere. Dave, just a Dave, good time. Flounder's high stepping. Dave's version of the gritty. I don't know what that was. That was a guy who didn't want to mess up the greens. Mm-hmm. Good times. Uh, it was beautiful. Um, I didn't catch it live, but the entire uh, gallery dropping uh, O Canada, even though it's slightly spare as an anthem, Ooh. was a pretty cool moment. Uh, getting to hear that was infinitely better than uh, Jim Nance's forced call at the very end. Uh, so it did help me contextualize like how big of a deal the win was because I'd seen um, the gallery chanting or singing O Canada on social media. That's what made me tune in to be able to catch the final putt uh, live. So it was kind of cool, cool little deal uh, for the RBC Open. Did Adam Hadwin get in smoke? Canadian Open. Did that uh, did that kind of cuck Nick Taylor? Because I feel like all of like that's become the uh, the subplot is him actually winning, and all you're seeing now is on all of the golf <laughs> accounts, even like the tour accounts, is this dude just getting wrecked. Uh makes it memorable. I think uh, you know the uh, I think of the Rugi hit, uh, Batista Rugi hit. Mm-hmm. Like the Rangers lost the game. But that's the subplot. No yeah. one cares about who won that game. And then they went exactly. on to lose, uh, <laughs> lose uh, quite dramatically in the playoffs to the Blue Jays. Not a fun team. At least the crowd chanted USA. And Batflip hadn't landed yet. <laughs> we did. We did chant USA. I say we. I was at Pinehouse Pizza watching it at the bar. That's where I was in life. <laughs> oh goodness, where are you guys at in life? I'll tell you where I am. I'm at check my email to make sure I didn't spend too much money. That's where I'm at. And that's why I am a big, big fan of Rocket Money. Mm. We all do it. Do you discover any subscriptions when you when you checked it out? Because I know I did. Uh yeah. I it it, it found, I want to say, 70-ish dollars of subscriptions that I was no longer using at the time. Per month. Is, it's free money. It's insane. Uh, we're big Rocket Money fans here. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Get an email today. It's like you spent X amount more or X amount less than last week. That's good to know. That's something I was not really thinking about before Rocket Money, but here I am. 
Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash bang. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, including everybody on the show, saving the average person up to $720 a year. You could do a lot with $720 a year, let me tell you. So stop, stop throwing your money away. Cancel those unwanted subscriptions. Manage expenses. Go to rocketmoney.com slash bang. That's rocketmoney.com slash bang. Uh, we can kind of circle back to golf. I don't know if you guys have any U.S. Open picks. Did that sneak up on you? I feel like the U.S. Open snuck up on people. I Yeah. Didn't, didn't know it was this week until you told me, I think, Friday that it was this week. So. Yeah, Friday in our show meeting, <laughs> you breaking that news to us as we were like, Talking a little bit about the Canadian Open, a little bit about Live Golf, which we still really haven't even had a chance to fully absorb here, I don't think. We didn't do that on air last week, did we? We did not. Um, I don't know if you have any knee-jerk Live takes you'd like to toss out, KJ, but oh, I will well, give you like, the platform. We, we can get there. We'll do the, we'll do the U.S. Open first, I guess. Um, the calendar of majors and its shifting nature, I struggle with. I know that it was more regular pre-pandemic but I do hope that if anything changes in the future of golf, it's very easy to understand and know when the Masters is. Uh, it's very easy, I guess, to have an idea as to when the PGA Championship will be. Um, actually, that's that's incorrect. I'm saying the uh, the Open, the British Open, or the whatever the other Open. But I like the PGA Championship open. and U.S. Open. Yeah, you'd think they would love that if I just called it the other open always. Dude, Tommy Fleetwood's um, rolling around right now. He hates that. The two open. Um I just I just struggle ever to pinpoint when these two <laughs> You know, whatever. Hmm. Randy, uh, did you hear what I just heard? Yeah, I, I, I heard that. KJ <laughs> tried sneaking that one in there, just sneaking it in the back door there. Okay. Yeah, there we All go. Right. Thank you. Let's go. Give the guy the Monday. mic and Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, um, I'm riding with Hovland. Anyways, it did sneak up. I'm riding with Hovland. Give me Hovland. I think he is. Oh, plus 1580. Okay, good hey, good value in that pick. A good value <laughs> pick. Who you guys like? Ooh, you said Hove, huh? That, that's, there's no surprise there. Let me go. I don't know. You just got to pick a golfer. Scheffler. Okay. I know that's such no, a that's lame, a that's a lame ass. He's pick. the odds on favorite. No, dude, I I almost went Scotty, and it's it's boring. It's the chalk, but if he doesn't win, he's going to be top three. If he does not win, it's because he's not putting. Mm -hmm. We'll put it that way. KJ, um, Coco Golf had a rough French Open, but I think by the U.S. Open, she'll she'll be back in the thick of things. Um, Let's see, we're not. You know, I think Djokovic. We're not doing that U.S. Open. Shit. Um, give me Morikawa. I really wanted to lean, um, Brooks to keep it rolling. Um, or, you know, maybe even Southern California native Sahith Thigala breaks through and gets his first major. That's a, that's a good keep pick, an eye KJ. Out. KJ, I like that. <laughs> Hold on. What are the odds? They're on? in Los Angeles. I'm trying to find them odds. Thigala is... Plus 9,200. Okay, good value pick, KJ. Great value pick. Are you going to sprinkle a little bit? I think you should. I'm, that's worth going south of, you know, 45 minutes to put something down. I'm getting plus 11,000 uh, uh, over here. So mm. Mm. get your beak wet. Uh, back to live real quick. Um, today we had the, uh, we finally had the uh, congressional inquiry. We have uh, Senator Richard Blumenthal. I call him Dickie Blooms. Mm -hmm. That's what I've always called him. <laughs> He's launching a probe into the bombshell PGA Live golf deal with, quote, concerns about Saudi Arabia's role. We're looking into the structure of this deal. We're looking at the PGA's uh, entity and how they're formatted as a, uh, whatever, nonprofit. And uh, this, is, this thing is obviously far from done. That's not been a secret. But... Uh, the subpoena power of the Senate is uh, quite vast, and this is going to get this is going to get pretty ugly, I think. And I don't think I think it's going to be one of those things where every week we could talk more about this, but it's going to be so 
legalese and boring. It's like, what do we even do? Golf is such well, a we missed interesting place right go now. Ahead. No, KJ, go. That's all I had to say. I, I was going to set the table really quick that this dropped on Tuesday of last week. Deal so as a show, we have not, I mean, not like we're breaking the news to anybody, but we've not even given initial um, feedback or thought on, oh shit, this is happening. I know y'all have probably discussed it on circling back. I imagine um, everyone's beat it to death over the last week, but I do think it would be fair to the audience. Just at least state your initial gut reaction once here for the too much dip nation. Okay. Um, real quick. I think, I mean, generally speaking, it sucks, but a lot of it sucks because, um, the more I learn about it, the more I'm like, man, they could have done this years ago, the PGA tour and not had to partner with, uh, the PIF, the uh, Saudi Arabian fund. So, yeah, and then the biggest thing to me, and this will shock no one, is just the fact that, yes, a year ago, a little over a year ago, you had uh, Jay Monahan sitting next to Jim Nance and uh, invoking the uber force field of the 9-11 families in his opposition to live and saying, you'll never have to apologize for playing on the PGA Tour. Of course, the implication being, you're going to have to apologize for playing on live because, you know, the 9-11 things right. like that. Um, and then just the complete 180, which, you know, situation on the ground changed. Uh, I just don't see how the PGA Tour would have been caught off guard by this. By And by this, I mean realizing that Saudi Arabia has way more money to spend on litigation <laughs> than you because you are a tax-exempt nonprofit and they are uh, the most oil-rich country in the world. So, yeah, man, their coffers are a little bit more full. That's not a surprise. Uh, but the fact that it got to this point, it's weird. And just like the botched PR rollout afterward was – I tried to watch it objectively and I couldn't believe how many times people were just going on camera and just eating shit and looking utterly unprepared to answer yeah. questions that were obviously going to be asked. Pretty shocking how just terribly handled this was by the PGA Tour. Jay Monahan looks like a total clown. Um, he has to eat his words – he spent so much time, so much energy, just trashing live and everything they stood for, and you know where you know the origin of the money that was funding it, and for for decent reason, I guess. But to do what they, he, they you can't beat him, join him, basically is what is what they said at the end of the day. And you're right, he was ill prepared to answer any question that was thrown his way. The players just kept just kept pushing the company line of like, I just want to talk about golf, and you know it, it's not about the the money where it's not about like where the money comes from. It's all bullshit. It, the PJ tour looks like a complete joke right now. Any sympathy for, uh, Rory? Yes, absolutely. Why? Because he was the face of the tour, um, against live for a long time. Now he kind of quieted down over the last month or so, but he was adamant adamantly against it he was a company man and uh he didn't know about this none of the players did and yeah i think he kind of looks like he kind of feels like he's been i think his words a sacrificial lamb on this he's got way more haters than he did before um i can tell you that and yeah i do i do feel bad and it was weird watching him in his press conference he was kind of coming to terms with like hey this Ultimately, may be like a better thing for golf, but you know how we got here is really, really ugly. I still want to hear from someone who stayed loyal to the PGA Tour for principled reasons. They were like, "Okay, I understand that there's a bigger bag waiting for me at Live, but I don't want to play for those people. I don't want to play for that money. Therefore, I'm sticking with the PGA Tour so I can feel better about what I do for a living." Now, if they stick to professional golf as their career. They're being forced, basically, to play for the PIF. Yeah, that's what it like, looks like. Like, what do they have to swallow their pride just because there's a big, a big paycheck for them? Because well, what so. else? Are they they have no I, other tour I, to play. Exactly, on. that's my point. I think Rory's the guy that you're. Like he, I don't know. He's he's either gone up to that line or he's said as much. He's the guy who's been riding for it and has 
at least on the surface, been doing it uh, under the guise of ethical reasons. Yeah. Um, he also did field the question of should there be any remuneration or like reward or true up for the guys that stayed quote unquote stayed loyal to the PGA. Um, and his initial response was, yeah, but of course, and that's a simple answer, but it's not that simple text. Yeah. Uh, execute a, um, hmm. to pull off, like, how do you, how does that work is the question to which my initial thought is, well, we're talking about a $3 billion bag of money. You could figure it out if you really wanted to. Uh, but also too, um, I kind of feel like it's, it's, we saw enough memes of succession and this announcement being put side by side just due to the timing. But there was a lot of like crossover of like, you kind of have to live with the decisions you made. No pun intended there, but like, I don't feel bad for anyone on any side of this. Like decisions were made. It's ugly. The guys that got paid good for them. I don't think they owe anyone anything because their names were dealt with over the last year. I don't think that the guys that stayed necessarily deserve anything additional. Maybe, maybe you could convince me that like, you know, guys like Rory aren't at risk, but like, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things when you talk about, do you want to pay somebody more or give them perks like PTO? I feel like you got to be looking in the manner of like, what else can we provide advantage wise that would help acknowledge this? Because I don't think cutting a check to these players to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars makes sense at all. They stayed, they made themselves eligible for other uh, sponsorships and engagements and interviews. And they had this idea in their head. Great. But you also made that decision like that. You can't get both. Yeah. Um, the way I look at the, the, the guys who did take the live bag, there's basically three categories. You have the Brooks camp, someone who, I put Phil in this camp too, just because of his age, but it's like, okay, well, Brooks was worried about his health and the longevity of his career. And it's like, dude, he was, he had some pretty serious injuries. Didn't know what the rest of his career was going to look like. So he took the bag. Then you've got DJ who just straight up said, yeah, I'm getting paid a lot of money to play less golf to work. Maybe less. Cam Smith right there with him. Yeah. And I was, I'm like, you know what? I respect the hell out of your honesty. And then you have the Bryson's who are still going out there and trying to say, oh, you know, the most, oh, yeah. we're just trying, you know, this is an, a play to, to grow the game around oh. the world. And he just looks so, and, and he did tacitly Bryson's, acknowledge that 9-11 was a thing that in fact happened. Bryson said, look, I, I know that 9-11 uh, was terrible. It was bad, Dylan. It was bad, but it was over 20 years ago. It's time to move on. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Families of those victims aren't ready to just move on from that, buddy. It's, especially when they were they were they were actually uh, used as a as a play by Jay Monahan in this. Right. But yeah, so with those three guys, it's like I have uh, Bryson, I'm gonna always I'm gonna always kinda hold ill will towards just because of that stuff. Brooks, I came to like Brooks a lot more after full swing. I still have a lot of issues with him. Um and DJ is DJ. Um, what about your Harold Varner's and like that next tier down to where like Harold Varner, I think is above some of the player, other players on the list where they may have been at risk or like hanging around and being competitive in the PJ just wasn't on the table for them, but they're also not the needle movers, so to speak in live either. I put, like, I put Harold. It was Varner a clear, sensible decision to make yeah. that move for them. No, I put him in that Brooks camp and that like, he was just like, look, he, cause he was pretty honest about it. He was like, I'm trying to set my family up. I respect, I respect people that are, that are forthright on that. It's the, it's the people that just won't come out and say it, but whatever, none of it's going to matter. Hopefully this thing's done in the next year. Although, otherwise, uh, oh God, this thing's going to drag out and it's going to suck. And we're going to have to, we're literally going to sit in our Friday morning meeting and be like, do we want to do this? Do we want to talk about a uh, <laughs> new update? We're going to talk about Nancy Pelosi uh, grilling or I don't know, you know, somebody got smoked in front of the congressional subcommittee. Oh my God. Okay. What a beating. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I would watch it. Yeah. I bet um, you 
AOC Last too. thing really, really quick that I kind of was annoyed about is uh, immediately they're like, live players are still ineligible for the Ryder Cup. And I'm like, that's the shit that I'm so over. Like that part of it, that stuff needs to go away. Like, the, like I don't think anybody wins especially after the fact that $3 billion is just dropped on the PGA, like they're going to ultimately benefit, but then to like continue these like political moves of this player's ineligible because of this. And this one's not like for world ranking points, Ryder cup, you want the best players that are available to be present and eligible. Everything else should come secondary. Yeah, and to be clear, you're going to get Brooks. Brooks is already qualified, basically, for the Ryder Cup, like on points. So you're getting Brooks either way. Um, um, I don't know. What about these other guys? I, I, and maybe I misread it, but I felt like the Ryder Cup said something of, to the degree of, like, still not eligible. But whatever. We've got a, we've got a while. That's not until September. Cool. Um, man, that was a lot of time on golf. I guess we're going to have to talk about the NBA. It was a big week. It was a big week. We this thing dropped on was it it was Tuesday. It's we gotta talk about it. We had to do it to him. Um are you guys more stoked for Denver to close it out uh tonight? Or did Adam Silver dropping that jaw news here this week after this thing's done? <laughs> yeah, the, the Denver win just feels inevitable at this point. So yeah, let's get it over. Let's get it out of the way so we can get to the good stuff. You know, I don't know if you guys watched much of game four, but I think where Miami lost it was by allowing um, Jokic to score, I believe, 23, 24 points instead of 40-plus. Uh, yeah. that, That's <laughs> where they really messed up. They didn't listen to too much depth because you gave them – The blueprint. Exactly. We, gave, we had to do it to them. We gave it to them right there. I mean, Spolter, Spolster is a great coach, but, like, dude – The formula is right in front of your face. Yeah, like, you don't have it. to be on uh, deep into the analytics to see that, man. Um, I, I, I don't know why, but I'm kind of partial to championships won on home courts and home fields. Like I, my brain otherwise just obsesses with the logistics in between like the celebration there on the court, the flight celebration, the arrival at the airport and the welcoming party. And then like, then they're showing shots of the team's like home base watching an arena. I hate all of that. <laughs> I want to see them win on their home court. I want to see like fans refusing to leave, wanting to take every picture, people grabbing confetti. Like I want them to win in in Denver if if uh, if that's going to be the outcome. Yeah, I think back to the uh, Mavs title. Um, of course I do, but that was in Miami, and I, I did kind of love that. A because I didn't feel bad for because I wouldn't have been at that game had it been in Dallas, and I would have probably been able to go. Um, but probably couldn't have afforded it at the time. Um, and then the fact that it was in Miami and you got to watch all the all the Heat fans be sad. And then you had the uh the club live, uh, coincidentally, um afterward with Lil Wayne, Birdman, Dirk, and the gang. You had those photos drop. So it was that was really fun. Now this, yeah, I, I would like them to win at home. I have nothing against uh, Nuggets fans. It's been a long time coming, never won a uh a title. And here they are, and that's a really fun team, a really good team. And I'm kind of scared because I think they're going to run the West for at least the next two <laughs> or three years. So They're very good. Yes, they are. I will not force a Chris Anderson joke in there. Oh, that Birdman. Different Birdman. Mm, different, uh, different set of issues there. But we will get jaw news, although another Western Conference uh, young rising star from the – same draft, can't recall the year, question mark. <laughs> what year were they drafted, 2018, 2019? Zion and Ja. Oh, Zion. Uh, yeah, you stole the headlines of year the last after Luca, week. I believe. Yeah, the, I, I honestly like the, the Zion thing. If you take a 19. day off and just don't go get online and look up what's going on on Twitter, you're going to miss a lot. And it's almost too much to rebound from because he's, uh, so to speak, He's uh, going through it. And this all started. He made the mistake that many people make. And he attended a gender reveal. <laughs> you can't do that. I missed this part of it. That's how this well, got, got rolling. He, 
did a pretty a much gender reveal with his with a young lady who I believe he claims is his girlfriend. And that was news to Mariah Mills. Mariah M-O-R-I-H-A-H. Not that I've searched her or anything, but I can confirm uh, per TMZ that her her Pornhub searches have spiked. That would make sense. She uh, She's involved in the adult industry in some capacity. Does some modeling, mm-hmm. maybe some OnlyFans stuff. Some, the Snapchat looks like it's really popping. I'm not on Snap, but that's just what the kids are telling me. And she was not happy, and she was pretty much tweeting nonstop throughout the weekend, just dragging uh, this man's good name through the mud, which is a tough, tough scene. I believe other women have since come out, too. They have. Saying similar yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, look, <laughs> what, what a mess. Zion, he more than one porn star, from what I understand? I think that's the case. I'm not familiar with the other one. I I gonna I guess I'm gonna have to do some research for next week. Okay. Sounds good. Let us know what you find, Dave. Yeah, I will. I'll text you. Okay. Looks good. It looks good. Um where are we? KJ, where have you been? I was just opening up How another many tabs tab you real have quick. Open right now. Okay. <laughs> I closed okay. it out. Um <laughs> the beauty of this, as with anything that ever happens. Uh, on the bird app is when somebody tweets through it, I don't care what the topic is. They could be locked out of their house. It could be something as boring as that. But if you get to like six or seven tweets and you're clearly having a, not a meltdown, but like you're completely in your bag and in your feelings about it, it becomes just the best amount of entertainment, especially when you're like fully self-aware of the attention and you're retweeting replies and you add on all of the layers of this an adult model or you know adult actress actor um an nba superstar a pregnancy <laughs> the uh other siga involved is also online and they could be added like it checked so many boxes to where it got messy very quickly but it was very very watchable and uh I don't know. I was very reckless with the uh, the, the share button um, as Mariah was going through it. Do you all think there's a chance that Mariah will riz up baby Gronk before the week's over? God. Have you thought about uh, it at I least? Don't, I don't think that's, pro- that's probably not happening. She's still reeling from the, the Zion news. What if baby Gronk steals Mariah from Zion? That... I would say that's illegal because he's a well, child. I know, then just platonic. Oh, yeah, that that's possible. Probably not it, it happening. Would, but. It would be in uh, Big Baby Big Baby Gronk. Is that what we decided yeah, on? Big Baby Big Gronk. Baby Gronk's best interest to slide into those DMs right now because she's got a lot of eyeballs. You got to strike while the iron's hot. You have to. Yeah. And if we know anything, this guy knows marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, What do we want to do next? We want to just get this Stanley Cup thing over with? Speaking of closeouts, <laughs> that's, that's so tomorrow, rude. right? That's so rude. Yeah. No, no, I mean, we're well, we ready to uh, tie a bow in the season. You know, we're going to do it with the NBA tonight. We can do it with the Stanley Cup tomorrow. Yeah, let me talk about game four real quick. Fun game. It was a fun game. Um, I watched it with my father. My father, also a, a Texas guy, Southeast Texas, not a hockey guy. That's pretty much why I didn't grow up a hockey guy. I've been getting him into hockey a little bit. We watched. A lot of game four together. The last couple minutes of the game was pretty exciting and also very confusing for someone who doesn't really understand hockey. So Vegas is up one. Mm -hmm. Uh, About three minutes left. I say, all right, look, Florida's about to, they're about to pull their goalie to get an extra skater out in the ice. Mm. And he was like making sense of all how all that works. He's like, okay, so they're basically, I was like, yeah, they're basically sacrificing defense for offense right now. Crunch time. They got to get a goal. He's like, okay. I was like, he's like, all right. So it's now on the ice. It's six on five, basically. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay. Someone for Vegas commits a penalty. There was delay a game. Forgot who it was. Put it up in the stands from his own. Put it zone. up in the stands. So that's, I'm like, that's one of the most annoying penalties your team yeah. can take. So I'm like, Dad. Okay, now it's going to be four on six on the ice because the guy he put it up in the stands. He's like, you can't do that. It's called delay a game. 
And he was like, he's like, okay, why is that a penalty? I was like, okay, let's just watch. It's a lot of action. Let's just keep watching. A lot of action going on. Someone from Vegas breaks a stick. I was like, all right, so ba- it's basically like six on three and a half now because one a guy doesn't have a stick. He's, he's right in front of the net playing defense, no stick. It's like, okay, okay, okay I, I don't know what's going on. And then winding down, a few seconds left, and there's like a scrum by the goal. They try to put one in. They didn't get it. Um, a huge, massive fight breaks out right at the end of the game. Clock hits zero. Fight. I mean, it's like four fights in one, basically. It's just a big scrum. He's like, oh, my gosh, this is chaotic. Then the fans, the Florida fans, start throwing the, the rats out on Disgusting. the ice. Disgusting. My dad's like, what the fuck is going on here? Throwing trash on <laughs> the like, ice. That's like, yeah. such a bad look. They should be ashamed of themselves, <laughs> should lose the team. You're right. He's like, why are they throwing <laughs> rats on the ice? Is that, I don't know the answer to that one, but the other, the other stuff I can explain for you. So uh, it was kind of fun being like the guy who knows a little bit about hockey explaining to a guy who knows nothing about hockey and it was a chaotic two two to three minutes there but it was a lot of fun were the rats um symbolic of the uh writer's strike were they trying to show support there you go um it's a hockey know. game so i probably not okay i don't know the significance of the rats we don't mess with scabs actually i could probably look it up real quick but um i'm gonna keep not knowing for the time being i didn't pick up that they were they were throwing rats i thought it was just trash beer bottles they were throwing both but rats they bring rats to every game oh okay yeah 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 that's yeah. their bit yeah is that like the remember Similar the rally squirrel um i don't know Spain throw an octopus that, that is so what a weird bit okay that was a critical season for Florida to lay groundwork for one of the organization's long-standing traditions. Its fans throwing plastic rats on the ice to celebrate goals of all things began during the opening game of that season when Florida played at Miami Arena. That's a, what a quick Google search got me. So, uh, kind yes. of unclear still, but the old rat trick. Yeah. Then there was that, that great okay. shot. There was a great shot of a helmet turned upside down on the ice with a rat toy rat right next to it that a lot of people i saw that picture and the first thing i thought was man this is all of us in 2023 right like what's going on kj what do you think is going on it was a whole mood really excited for hockey to get to their off season we gotta see what these stars are gonna do we're gonna buy out (laughs) suitor what's the deal let me enjoy this this i no, i do stanley cup i have no issues with the knights winning they are the best team it's not this is not a fluke they they are very, very good. Poor Jack Eichel is having a – he's just getting beat up, man. He took a puck right off the side of the neck the other night. Ooh. It was ugly looking, but uh, he, he got back in the game after going to the locker room for a little bit. Do you think about that any time uh, a puck goes out to the point and they rip a slap Dude. shot? Do you think about like – Every fuck? single time. Every single time <laughs> that there are multiple people around the goal and someone hits a slap shot from you know, 20, 30 feet out, I'm like, I just cringe. Like that could hit someone in the fucking teeth. Could hit him in the Adam's apple. This could absolutely just take somebody uh, out. The Adam's apple is the one for me that scares it's me. Just, teeth it are seems, replaceable. It seems just so reckless and so dangerous. I don't understand how these guys don't wear the full cage over their face. It's just like I guess it's just a, a, a pussy move or something. But you can call me whatever you want. Wow. I'm caged up. <laughs> KJ, do you have any non-cuck takes? I don't know. This guy's this guy this guy <laughs> likes to protect his to face. Cuck hockey. I, I I mean it in the same way that I mean I'm ready for the NBA finals to be done. Um it's you know, the Golden Knights are very good. <laughs> it's very weird turning on a hockey game and being like, oh shit, I missed the first 10 minutes. They've got three goals, and it's happened almost every game. Yeah. I mean it, not for game three, but whatever. Like they've earned it. They're they're very good. Was all set to to Nestle in, and then I saw 3-0 when I checked, and I was like, eh. I mean, they obviously made it interesting. I watched the third period, but um, – Going back to Vegas. Knights are just – they're a mentally tough team, man. Salt. Like what they did to the Stars in that game six in Dallas, and then what they did there in a must-win game for the Panthers, pretty impressive. You got to think going back to Vegas, having Salt Bay in the house, it's just game over Ooh, for game five. All I'm saying is it's the first team to four, KJ. Doesn't matter how you get there. That's what a lot of people That's have true. said. A lot of people have said that. Man, I pretty much hung out at my house exclusively in row gear all weekend. Oh, you're talking the Academy clothing. Academy Sports and Outdoors, their exclusive line, row 
R-O-W. It's a collection of on-trend closet staples made for whatever you're up for. I was rocking the Adam shorts all weekend. They're very, very comfy. I, I rotated. Uh, I have three pairs, and I ran them back in three on three consecutive days last week, and I, I'm not ashamed to, to admit that. I love them so much. Yeah, it won't weigh you down with loud neons, you know, oversized logos and practical fabrics. Row includes a classic color palette and inclusive tailored fit that's always on trend and versatile enough for errands, dinner, or a low-key evening. If you're me, just walk around the neighborhood putting out a vibe, walking the dog, letting the kid push the scooter around, having fun in my row gear. Collection features shorts, pants, joggers, polos, t-shirts, and long sleeves in different mix and match colorways with sizes ranging from small to 2XL. What are you? Are you large? What are I'm you a, rocking? I'm a large. I'm a large boy through and through. They are. They live in the earthy tones, which I love. Yeah. Very earthy. The tonal palette, Different man. shades of greens and it's browns subtle, and grays. It's subtle, but it's not boring, Oof. If, if that makes Oof. any sense. It's the juxtaposition so is what I'm trying to tell you. Also, don't. their shirts are not nipply. Sweat-wicking fabrics. They've got hidden pockets. Tailored, inclusive fit. Love it all, man. Check out Row. Great Father's Day gifts, by the way. They got the workout stuff. They got the hanging out stuff, the lounge stuff, all of it, man. Go to academy.com slash row or just go to an Academy Sports and Outdoors location near you. I would just go there anyway because that's just a fun store to be in. You walk in Academy, you're not going to have a bad time. You're going to find something you're interested in. You catch me walking through that sneaker section, it's over. Yeah, I've seen yeah. your golf shoes. I know your game. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's Row by Academy. Check it out. Uh, tie a bow on American Gladiators. We watched part two, part two of the doc. Um, was very, very confused as to why they decided to do two separate ones here. Mm -hmm. Um, feel like they could have knocked this all out in one. Mm -hmm. The second part is mainly about this search for the infamous Dan Carr. Apache Dan, Apache as he Dan. was known, is known. They tracked him down. They do track him down. And they get him on camera. And I got to say. First question out of the gate so to step in here. Mm -hmm. hey, hey, I read your book. Says that you wanted to kill. Was that the guy's name? John? Johnny Ferraro. Says you wanted to kill Johnny. And he was like, basically <laughs> like, yeah. Not I, only did he want he to. Like, yeah. He had a plan. Yeah, and he I, went to do it. Yeah. He was to going him. to kill him. Which. This whole thing, the more they were talking about Apache Dan and like just his whole scene and what he looked like, all I could think about was like, how did this guy not just kill Johnny Ferraro? Because he seems like it seems uh, not justified, but, but, seems like he had a legit beef. I'm just saying. Yeah, he took him for a ride for sure. Um, the total runtime of the two clocks in around three hours like that's that's a big undertaking but i will say like had i been able to watch this you know no commercials back to back i probably would have stayed strapped in for the whole thing you know consecutively because it they did take the long way a little bit to get to apache dan but i walked away from it feeling like i know about as much as I could reasonably expect to know about what that scene was about, like what that like viewing experience was. And then kind of the ramifications. One thing they didn't mention, we talked about this last week, Billy, uh, more not Billy thunder blonde guy who was, uh, pretty badly injured, mm. uh, during one of the events so much so that he's like on pain meds and pretty debilitated as he's doing his interviews during the filming of this, he passed away in 2021. And, they oh, don't man. even hit that or even add like a in memory of oh afterwards. That's weird. Um, I was fully expecting that the, at the end, like a, a yeah. where are they now type deal. I think a little bit of that has to do with the timing of they probably recorded this right during or right pre-pandemic. Gets lost in the mix, gets bought by somebody, and ESPN just put it out really with not much support. Besides, like, hey, by the way, here's a documentary. They could have sent and that to I Randy. I thought this was very great. Put up a little graphic real quick. <laughs> Didn't seem like it would have taken very long, but yeah, that's that's news to me. I'm I'm glad you added that. Um, yeah, I left this really, really um, wanting to know more about Malibu. Mm -hmm. Because why? Why he has a roommate in a bunk bed? 
Okay. He's got, he, we find out at the end he did get remarried. Oh, yeah. You, KJ, Malibu. I haven't finished. The Malibu base, the Malibu. What did I just say? Malibu. What did I, I don't, I just botched a word. The Malibu story uh, is a wild ride post gladiator life. Uh, tried to get into some other stuff. I kind of thought they were going to say he became like a Chippendales dancer or maybe even uh, dabbled in the adult industry. They didn't. But he does look like the kind of guy that would be into that. Does he not? He's the one that started as that, though. He did that before American Gladiators. He was, oh, was Chippendales pre-Gladiators. Well, there yeah. you go. But he didn't have after to go the back fact, to it. He, he got like some extras roles and random late 80s, early 90s movies. I thought that was respectable. It was. Like post-career work for the guy that had, uh, has maintained peak physical condition his entire life he still looks he's got just the cables yeah. of his biceps still I, I don't know how old he is by by now but yeah he's he's young, probably uh, uh, on that dude. trt yeah but that's okay yeah look you fucking you earned it man whatever gets you through um in the end i'm not really sure what level of scumbag johnny ferraro is it's really up in the air there's a lot of people who they defend him, but they don't like go to the mat for him. But they're like, look, this is the deal. Johnny just made some bad business moves. Eventually, he had to file for bankruptcy. Uh, KJ, I don't know if you saw or don't. I think you saw it. The, um, the most beaten down part was the after they canceled Gladiators after seven seasons. Um, well, there's two. Really. Orlando? They Yeah, they go to Orlando and have the uh, dinner theater with the Gladiators which is one of the most bizarre things ever. And just, I can't even imagine what kind of clientele would go to that. It's like medieval times, but without the, uh, the tournament, which yeah. is with gladiators. Wow. Um, I'm glad you said medieval times because all that I could think of is like overspending at magic time machine, which isn't really oh. even a theater, but it's like the dress up. Your, my waiter was Jasmine from Aladdin and like, you know, the room was painted and blah, blah, blah. Food sucked and the prices, drinks were overpriced. Like that's all I kept thinking of. Like the Pulp Fiction situation where like everything is just kind of in the vibe, but it makes a lot more sense if you're going to actually get a little bit of a show, uh, in addition to, uh, yeah, you're going to get a joust. If you're, a uh, if you're not, I don't know if magic time machine is a chain, but if you're not from uh, Dallas then Magic Time Machine is a restaurant where each waiter is dressed up like a different Dick Tracy or some shit. Or like, oh, my wait, my waitress was uh, Little Bo Peep. I don't know if Little Bo Peep's one. Oh, I had Woody from Toy Story bring, in his, bring me my fucking nachos. That sounds sick. I went once in high school. It, the food sucks and it is way the fuck out there. It was like North Plano or something. Is it still open? I don't know. Jack Sparrow. I think it by the looks of the internet, you still have one in Richardson, which I believe that's the one that I went to. Oh, yeah, Richardson. And uh San Antonio. Um still still alive and kicking. All I can but I'm say, sure those exist around the country. All I can say is be glad there's not one in Austin because a certain producer would absolutely <laughs> want to go there. Okay, Randy, this place is this it place is, is tailor made for Randy. It's a layup. It's a layup company dinner for Randy. Uh, San Antonio's an option. That's too far. We'll <laughs> take a party bus to Magic Time Machine. Let's do it for Randy. <laughs> meet up. <laughs> Mr. Meet up at the Time Machine. God. Yeah, worth watching if you haven't watched it. May maybe. The first part. If the first part's great nostalgia. The second part, it gets a little depressing, yeah. not as depressing as it could have been. Uh, but you know, I I completely forgot that they tried to reboot this deal with Hulk Hogan hosting. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where, uh, the, uh, the meme Lord, Michael Hearn guy, the, the darling of, uh, of memes right now got his start, uh, bodybuilding. And then he was like the face of the reboot. I just looked it up. Apparently he was in the original series too, as Thor. He was and, an alternate. You're right. And Randy. in the revival, he was Titan. Mm. <laughs> Do you know that? Never know. I didn't, I didn't know. Never know. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> It's almost like he's dabbling in, in the all, cum universe. Okay. Like cinematic this universe is, uh, of Marvel. <laughs> Fuck. I'm sorry. I stepped all over that. That's okay. Um, this is definitely kind of one of those things where if you're getting your tonsils out at a uh, late in life age and you've got the extra few hours, turn it on. 
That's that's my recommendation for. I don't know if I'm running out and seeing it, especially if you're younger. If you're like 25 and under and you have no idea what this is, I don't know that the first one does a good enough job of selling you just how incredible of television this was. But if you have any idea of what American Gladiators was, like I think for sure the first one will 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 get you into it. The second one's just kind of a good like you said, good dramatic follow-up. Well said. Well said. If you're getting your tonsils out, <laughs> check it out. I couldn't think of any like procedure in which somebody's <laughs> bedridden. Wisdom teeth is probably more accurate. Time to party. This is the part of the podcast where we talk sports and party at the same time. Saquon holding out? Missing them uh, mini camps. Just saying. Is he in a position to hold out? Yeah. Is he? You can hold out. Did he have a... A strong twenty. Oh no! I mean, his numbers are, are down, but yeah. you know, he's, he he sees the way. He sees that running backs are getting a franchise tag left and right. Oh, and I, I'm of the paid. opinion every running back should hold out at least once in their NFL careers. Agree. It worked for your favorite player, Emmett Smith. Very short career. He said he won't be playing in ten years, which is not a shocker. He shouldn't be. Yeah, I, I I'm. I don't know. That's my thought. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good. That's good. And whatever I was going to get into is going to be like way more suited for deep into the football season. Whatever. Hey, how about this messy deal? It says it's a cool deal. It is a cool deal. I was looking. I was looking more into it. Like it's, you know, because he he had a, like a billion dollar offer from Saudi Arabia, and he won't make as much on this. But uh, Apple put in a little bit, and he's they're gonna he's gonna get a cut of the uh, the streams because Apple has the rights to all the MLS games on their streaming platform. Um, yeah, is, and he's getting some ownership interest, potentially. It's a good deal. Really exciting if you're uh, an MLS fan who lives in the U.S. You might get a chance to see Messi play without having to get on a plane and fly overseas. You know, it's pretty cool. I look forward to spending $600 to sit in the upper deck of whatever the fucking stadium here is. What is Q2? It? Q2. To watch Messi in a couple years. I know they don't play next year in austin but i don't know after that what it right is it, a, it in a couple years they come here i don't know okay <laughs> looks like knows. uh earliest opportunity might be late july so our uh, listeners in atlanta charlotte new york nashville la will all have a shot kansas city as well mm. but yeah okay no dallas no austin that's okay we'll get there uh maya culpa from kj uh, yeah, real quick update. It looks like U.S. players, as you mentioned, Brooks, would be eligible for the Ryder Cup. Euro players, not so much quite yet. So uh, that, you know, Euros get a lot of shit wrong. Damn, I really wanted to watch Lee Westwood. <laughs> college baseball note here. Last night I watched uh, Stanford pitcher Quinn Matthews throw 156 pitches in a complete game W against Texas. A lot of pitches, 16 strikeouts. It was his third outing in nine days. Uh, I think the coach is going to get some criticism, criticism for this, and I think it's probably pretty justified. But the kid was freaking nasty. Can't he take has, him out with that he stuff. Has a, he tops out about 92, 93, 94, somewhere in there. So he has a, a good fastball, not a great one. A devastating slider and one of the best mm -hmm. change-ups from a left-hander I've seen in a long time. The dude's really nasty. So, hat tip to that guy. The coach, not so much. Wake Forest absolutely mashes. They advance to the College World Series by beating Alabama 22-5 to in their second game. Sheesh. Nine yeah. home runs. Nine home runs. Texas tonight? Texas game. The, yep. The rubber match. Deciding game three oh. is tonight. Horn Frogs made it through, too. They did. TCU, shout out. Uh, first collegiate team to go playoffs in three men's sport, three three sports, basketball, because uh, they were in the tournament. And then, obviously, yeah. uh, national championship game didn't go well. Yeah. Didn't go well, but they got there, and that's important. This Quinn Matthews guy, I forgot to mention, he was drafted last year, 19th round, decided to return for another season at Stanford. So, I mean, this is a legit prospect, too, that this coach is just – might not, it might turn out to be not a big deal at all, but that's a lot of pitches for a my uh, athlete. My my dumb guy brain thinks like, okay, well if he's not, at least he's not throwing like upper nineties, which I think if you're low nineties, maybe you've got a little bit more room for longevity there, and you're mixing it up. I don't know. 
But yeah, that that is kind of that's a lot of pitches. It's a lot. It's a lot. No one. Dylan, did you um, watching this like? Was it hard to like have an idea if he was going to come back out in the eighth and the ninth? Like, yeah, they were up by five runs in the ninth, and he did not have the look of somebody who's like, "If you take me out, I'm going to lose my shit." Or like, he looked very. I mean, to his credit, looked very chill every time he went to the dugout. Like he celebrated a little bit, but there were a couple times he put on the coat, and I thought he was going to walk. Like, yeah, there was a moment <laughs> to the dugout. I, I don't know. I don't remember if it was the eighth or the ninth inning, but he had a, a visit out to the mound by, and I don't remember if it was the pitching coach or the head coach, but there was a conversation, and I think everyone expected the kid to be get pulled at that point. He just given up a, a hit, or uh, maybe even a home run. Um, they had they talked in the mound for. 30 seconds to a minute. And then he was just like, I'm not coming out. Coach was like, all right, walk back to the dugout. I was like, oof, I don't know, man. You don't want to fuck with the kid's future like that. So hopefully he's okay. The kid's a the kid's nasty though. Yeah, it was it was a great watch. I I almost tweeted at like 130 pitches. I was like, 130 pitches and counting. Hmm. It's a lot. And then every time you look up, like, oh wait, shit, 140. 140. Well, I guess he's gonna finish it out. He's got at least four more pitches yeah. to finish and I, 155. I looked it up. He had a couple uh, a couple starts this season where he threw a 120 plus, which is still a lot. But this is his first time, you know, over 130, I believe. So 156, nice. a lot of pitches. You want to run it back? It's time to run it back. The segment during which we talk about what we already talked about. It's podcast week. KJ has sleep apnea. Paiute Golf Course in Vegas is not pee friendly. Ever since Baby Gronk decommitted from Texas, he's been dead to Dylan. Dave will hit some version of the gritty if you hit a big putt. KJ thinks O Canada is a spare national anthem. Slap shots just seem so dangerous. And finally, KJ recommends the American Gladiators duck only if you just got your tonsils out and have a lot of time to kill. That concludes running. Just a resounding endorsement for the dock. And shout out to the guys who put their <laughs> life's work into it. And if I ever find myself it's in that position with my my tonsils getting pulled, which I did did hear is really really bad if you're an adult, yeah, I will watch it again. Maybe can't speak for it like weeks. Mm. Just eating popsicles and smoothies, something like that. Fuck yeah! All right, we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Bye. Chips with the dip, that's all I know. I don't want my chips playing, I want my chips with the dip. So bring them dips.